0: Hey everybody, my name is Alec, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio Sunday edition. Now, before we get started, I have fancy news and I will put a link in the description of this podcast for you to go find them. But I, as some of you may know, have been drawing for nigh on two decades now, and I have amassed quite the large collection of finished illustrations from drawing for that significant amount of time, so I took some of my more recent favorites and I turned them into stickers over on Redbubble. And if you have ever saw my stuff and said like I would own that, I would put that on a different thing. Then you can click the link that will be provided in the description of this podcast and you can go and get yourself some cool stickers that I happened to design and Redbubble happened to produce. But, that said, I want to jump into what we'll be talking about today, and all. Oh, and before that, thanks to everybody who's been listening to the episodes lately, I've noticed an uptick, and I love seeing that people like listening to me just ramble about anime on the internet, because I always feel like that's what I'm doing, but thanks for listening to it. Anyway, so what I want to talk about today is, we've talked about really serious stuff for a long time on the Sunday edition so far, but today I want to have a little bit more fun, but still make it kind of cool and entertaining about the anime industry, and what I want to talk about today is comedy dubs. Now, I'm not talking about things like Hellsing abridged, or Yu-Gi-Oh! abridged, or the granddaddy of all abridged, um, what's it called? Dragon Ball Z abridged. Although Team Four Star and Little Karibo and all the people who do abridged series, Gigak produced a couple of them, um, have contributed to this, if not directly, then definitely indirectly, by providing a font of talent for what we'll be talking about in this. And what we'll be talking about in this episode is what I think of as comedy-first dubs, if that makes any sense. And the best way I can describe this is it's almost as if, in some of these shows, the dub director gives the cast an overarching script, but he basically says, or they basically said, I never want to assume a he in there, that it, he doesn't, that they don't care how you get to a point, just as long as you get there. And here the Japanese, here's the Japanese tra- literal translation script, so you see the little translation, and then here's the kind of smoothed out English script, but work within that to make the script funnier for a English-speaking audience. And then there's another kind of comedy dub, which we will get to, I promise. So the first thing I want to talk about, actually, is where I kind of got this idea, not where I got this idea, but where it kind of crystallized for me, and that's a show called Hajimate no Gal, or My First Girlfriend is a Gal. And... I this is a real this is a real Twitter conversation I had with one of the voice actors from that show. I was watching that show mostly because I like trash sometimes, but I got to one of the next episode previews, and they include some of the jokes that some of the like jokes that happen in that show in some of the previews, and. At some point, a side character in that show uses the word cuck. (laughs) And all I thought, and then proceeded to tweet, was, I feel really bad for the voice actor (laughs) who has to go into the voice booth and say the word cuck into a microphone for for money. (laughs) Like, I just do. But that show, but, like, by using that kind of language and by probably updating that show's like cadence in terms of language that show was funnier than it could have been and we'll get to my second example in a second but long story short the a different voice actor from that show a different sidekick was like yeah i felt bad for him too but it was really funny to be outside the voice booth and watch him, just like, say the word "cuck" into a microphone. <laughs> but there's a delicate balance that you have to play because you can't do this with every show. You can't make every show into this like laugh right? It just doesn't work. But the thing that the thing that happens with Translating anime often is that a lot of Japanese humor is pun-based, which means it's language-based. And once you get into and pun and pun-based specifically, because there are is only so, I'm learning Japanese currently, and there's only so much r- road in Japanese, and a lot of that road is compensated for with contact clues, with, with context. So, for example, a perfect pun example is... is from Dragon Ball Z. Kame means turtle. The Kamehameha... the lots of pun jokes. It's at least two in two, two separate series involving Kame, and which means turtle and the it's hard to translate that stuff and the worst way to do it you can, the worst way you can imagine to do it is to like in English explain the joke like at, have a separate dialogue thing and then there are some there are some shows that choose to leave just leave the Japanese in there and that really just, like, it just pops you out of it, especially when you're watching a dub. And the, it's also not something that subtitling handles particularly well, because you either put the alternative word in there, or you explain the pun, or you ignore the pun. And by ignoring the pun, you're telling the audience, you should know this joke. This language-based joke, because we're not going to stop and explain it for you. And for most people, it will fly completely over their heads, even if they're already at the point at which they're watching subtitled anime. So, shows like Hajime no Gal take the initiative to say, okay, here are the lip flaps, here's what we're trying to say, let's get there, or let's modify it so we hit the same emotional notes because basically what's happening here is one character is insulting another character verbally. We just need to get there. What's the word we could use? And someone literally just like, cuck, and it fits. And uh, that kind of improv- improvisational nature has the potential to make things as deeply funny for a American audience as it is for Japanese audience. A perfect example of this is a show from, like, the early aughts called Desert Punk. And Desert Punk, if you watch it in Japanese, it's still funny. It's not, like, mile-a-minute funny. But if you watch it in English, it is fucking hysterical hysterical. It is nine different kinds of perverse. It is completely bananas. Desert Punk feels like someone was like, how do I handle this weird dystopic like desert gas punk show that we're charged with putting out. And then they sat down and they watched the water sucks scene from Billy Madison, at, from um from Waterboy. And for those of you who don't know, the water you can look that up on YouTube. The water sucks scene from Waterboy is like a seminal genius comedy moment from um what's it called from early Adam Sandler that's like it's so deeply funny. And then they turned around and they wrote the just amazing section of Desert Punk calling this guy's mom a dirty whore and him freaking the fuck out on him. And the the whole show feels like the water sucks sequence from Billy Madison. It is that funny and that strange, and it it can't, and one of the reasons why they were able to do this, and this could sound this is very technical, is that they were able to ignore the lip flaps for a huge amount of that show, and the reason they were able to do that is because all the character, is because most of the character wear these insulated suits to protect them from the heat of the desert. Which make which is a great way to save on animation because if you only have to animate a cowl and a circle and a triangle, you're going to get way further on your budget than if you had to like animate someone really running. Now yeah, those those um thermal suits have some detail to them, but for the most part, a huge amount of that show is spent with your characters in these thermal-insulating these thermal suits to keep cool in the desert. And so you have this opportunity to just cut loose. Like I, As long as the character is on screen and understood to be talking, you can ha- just... Make them say whatever you want. So you have, um, the female, like, femme fatale character. I forget her name. I, you have her as this, like, almost Fujiko esque character, but with more bite, and who is also, because everyone in the show is an asshole, an asshole. You have, um, Desert Punk's, like, I forget her name. It's like child assistant who is just the most wisecracking weird little girl ever. Uh, You have rain spider who is a rain spider and he is bananas. And you can give these characters this personality that is so close choose Japanese personality, because you're hitting notes that are as comically high as the original voice cast were. And it takes a tremendous amount of skill and talent and, quite frankly, artistry in voice acting to accomplish that and to do it in such a way where it feels ...funny as shit. And I... ...kind of... ...Hajime no Gal... ...which came out, ...kind of Desert Punk... Uh, ...DESERT PUNK is what allows you to do something like... ...Hajime no Gal... ...so well... ...but what it really allows you to do... ...is something like... ...KONOSUBA... ...because KONOSUBA... Uh, ...has such a great balance of physical comedy and, like, pun-based or verbal comedy, that it just, and they do such a good job with the voice cast of making sure that, like, everything fits to where it needs to be, in the lip flaps it needs to be in, but it's still, it's still fucking hilarious. I'm sure they had a great script, but I'm sure the voice actor were able to read the script with enough time, where if they thought they could improvise and get there better than the script had it, then they were allowed to do that, because that's the only way you get a show that feels as perfectly timed and as funny as something like Konosuba. Now, yes, there are people who can write that stuff, but the improvisation is still necessary in order to be able to have control of the timing To make the jokes that well. And where all this comes from is, I would say, (laughs) two shows, in my mind, stand out as kind of funny comedy dubs that were done giving giving like no fucks. Just giving absolutely no fucks. And the first one I want to talk about, because I'm saving kind of the most infamous for laughs last and if you've been listening, if you've been listening this far, you might have an idea of what that show is. The first one I want to talk about is a little six-episode OVA from 1995. This is a beautifully done. They spent a lot of money on this fucking filth, but also infamous. And that show is Golden Boy. And if you've ever, if you've ever seen anything from Golden Boy lately, you've probably seen. The Golden Boy Swimming GIF, where he's just fucking trying to swim and suffocating in the middle. It's, go look up Golden Boy Swimming GIF on Google, and you'll find it, and you'll be like, "This, that show, okay. And granted, they have some, like, really fucked up moments in their dub where, like, it's definitely a 20-year-old trying to sound like a six-year-old, and not pulling it off at all, which kind of just adds to the comedy of it. But, (laughs) there are, like, there are JoJo's dub-esque, there are JoJo's line-esque choices made in the Golden Boy dub that take it over the fucking top. And it, it... it's way less. It's probably way less um, improvisational than something like um, desert punk or something like what we're about to, what I'm going to talk about next. But it, it's just, it absolutely stands out. It's this amazing feat of like, okay, here's what we're trying to say. Here's what we wrote. Here's the original translation, and the director and the voice actor, pro, voice actors of that show probably were like, okay, let's sauce it up a bunch. Let's, like, get it there. Let's just go for it. And you get things like the swimming scene from go- from Golden Boy. That, that's the way you get them. I'm con- fucking convinced of it. And then the last show. The last show is the, is the infamous best, mo- most people cite as the infamous best example Of this. Of the quote-unquote comedy dub. And that is Ghost Stories. Now, you don't have to have seen Ghost Stories to know about the infamy of Ghost Stories. You just have to have seen the countless YouTube clips. You have to have heard the stories. And Ghost Stories is what happens when you get this, like... The, the story goes, from what I understand with Ghost Stories, is that the studio that got the right to Ghost Stories w- was given this blank slate of a basic kind of horror-esque show from, like, the early aughts, and it wasn't really all that inspiring. It was just this thing, and they didn't really know what to do with it because they... ...saw it, and they were like, this is not gonna sell particularly well. So what they did, is they said to the dub director and the dub cat... ...we don't care what the fuck you do. Have goddamn fun with this. And it just... ...it ended up as one of the most memeable dubs of all time. Because it is just... It, ...the best I could say is if you've seen Desert Punk and you haven't seen Ghost Stories, A, you'd probably fucking go bananas for the dub of Ghost Stories. But Desert Punk is voice actors improvising and getting there, but getting to a place, getting to some sort of sane story end at the end of that show. Ghost Stories just does not give any fucks. It is just... They made one kid just an idiot, just like they made one kid have the mental capacity of a fucking two-year-old when he's like six. <laughs> they made they just like it's, if you haven't seen ghost if you haven't seen ghost stories and have no way to go see ghost stories, you can go look it up look up clips on YouTube and you can see what I'm talking about. This show is Bananas. I... I'm... Bananas in a way that I'm glad it exists because it's so... It's so rare for a studio to be, not only not be self-serious, but give so little shits about the performance of a thing that they accidentally create ...a whole other thing... ...that is... uh, ...it's not better than the original thing... ...thing they were working with. That's irrelevant at the point... ...at which you get to fucking Ghost Story. (laughs) It is... ...its own thing. It is... ...a fucking... ...comedic art piece. It is... ...sheer Dadaism in a way... ...that does not usually get to exist... ...because... ...usually people... Just don't accidentally, like, leave a bag of money around and say, Do what you like, you gremlins. We'll see you in a month. I... If there is a show that demands that kind of, like, Dada-esque thing to it, I... It would probably be, from what I've seen, Gintama, but... Gintama still has a structure, like it has to make it to a to an end. And don't get me wrong. Things like um the one big one I didn't bring up is High School DxD is like a comedy dub, but High School DxD is so into being horny on main that it feels less like a comedy dub and it becomes this like weird self serious. Vaguely creepy thing, which gets creepier because of the, um... The voice actor child molestation thing that is now tacked on to the English dub of that. But... It... It's just, Ghost Stories is so... It's so irreverent. It is so off its rocker that I, I don't think... M- something would unintentionally happen like that again. You'd have to get such a throwaway, pointless anime that... And the thing that makes those stories work is the thing that... It's the reason it shouldn't work. Because you... You watch something like Cremori High School, and the reason why I didn't bring that one up in this is because Kremori High School isn't just a comedy dub. All the building blocks of Kremori High School are fucking there. They clearly wrote that weird ass humming episode in which I and I covered this specifically in my in my um in my podcast. You can find it in the feed below in whatever you'll using to live listen to this right now. But they intentionally completely probably faithfully wrote a dub for The humming episode of that show. And it is bananas that the comedy in that show is so good that it works no matter what language it's in. And that's how good Cromartie is. Like, it does not need a comedy dub. They dubbed it straight, most likely. And it's still that goddamn funny. Because at the end of the day, uh, you make a show like that, and whoever's watching it is like, okay, we gotta do this fucking... Straight of the day is long. Because that's what makes it work. And... 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 That... Primordi has such a volume of jokes in it to begin with... That doesn't matter if... You know... A bunch of puns fall away. There's still the fact... That you have a classmate... Who's just... Big gay Freddie Mercury. There's still a fact... That you have a classmate... Who has a sentient hair tough. And a classmate... Who is... A tin can robot from the fifties. And that show... uh, Would have a hard time not being funny. But... The thing that makes Ghost Stories hysterical... Is... There was nothing exceptional about it. It was just this, like... High school horror thing. And they made it into... Just the most bananas bullshit. And... It, it, when I started thinking about doing a Sunday edition about comedy dubs, I I started thinking about, first about the cuck scene in Hajime no Gal, and then, before I got to Um Desert Punk, which takes its inspiration from Ghost Stories, absolutely, I got to Ghost Stories. I'm like, holy shit. Thi- we need to talk about this because the kind of and the reason why I said that thing that people like Team Four Star and Little Karibo and Giga provide talent pool for this is because what they're doing functionally in the Ghost Story dub is what Helsing abridged is, and what or Helsing Ultimate abridged is, and what Dragon Ball V abridged is. It is. We have this many lip flaps. We don't care what the overarching story is. We just do not give a shit. Make people laugh as hard as you can. Make people laugh so hard they pee. Just do it. And uh, that is a case where people are paid good money to make a fool out of that show. But the alternative version is you have those voice actors be able to have that kind of comedic range? So when something like um, Konosuba comes along, it's possible to hire those voice actors and say, okay, pull it back a little, follow the episode structure and get to this end point by the end of the episode and be funny in that fucking space. Like know these characters and be funny in the space that they can be funny. And uh, if the the things genius about like fan dubs like, um, Hellfing Ultimate, like, um, Dragon Ball the abridged, like, Yu-Gi-Oh abridged, like fucking Yu-Gi-Oh abridged, is they get at the core of those characters and those shows from a comedic standpoint. That is perfect. I've said before, I said in the, um... I think I said in the Black Lagoon episode I did with Slate and Zane... Um, on on the MCS anime podcast, or the anime MCS podcast... uh, That when you watch Hellsing, when you remember Hellsing Ultimate... You don't, if you've seen Hellsing a Brit... You're almost never remembering the like those shows separately. You're remembering them as one big mess. You're remembering the line, I fuck the fear turkey, as a line that Alucard says in canon, in the real show. It is not, in fact, that thing. He, he did not say, that was a 70-inch. Plasma screen. Flat screen TV. (laughs) He did not say those things. But in your brain, because Team Four Star so perfectly, like, lines it all up, and it feels like, because they're using the show itself to do this thing, it feels so much like it belongs there, like that edgy bullshit asshole humor belongs there. ...that you don't... ...you don't recognize it as not being real. <laughs> and that's a huge... ...huge achievement of... ...the best... um, ...of the best The Bridge series. Like the... The Yugi, ...the Yugi from... ...the the Dark Yugi... ...or the or the Yami Yugi from... ...or just any of the character from, maybe with the exception of Taya, because she sounds like a man being a woman, because it is, um, from the Yu-Gi-Oh! A Bridge show, feels so much like the heightened comedic version of those characters that you as a fan probably watch Yami in the show, and you f- can hear him saying the lines, from Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. You could just hear it. And uh, the reason why it's important that those things exist and keep going is because they bring up improvisational, comedic talent that is necessary when you get something like Konosuba that really demands it. Like, it demands that writing style and that control and that level of acting to make something like Konosuba work so well. And on that note, if you like this episode, I have been Alex. I You've been listening to, and you can find this episode on whatever you're using to listen to me right now. Um, and you can subscribe to this, to um, the podcast. I'm doing a terrible job with this. You, are, you can subscribe to the podcast, and whatever you're using to listen to me right now, you can review it in that same app. And if you like this episode, I highly recommend you do that. But until Thursday, I've been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, Radio Sunday Edition, and I will talk to you on Thursday.